0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: All right, here's one for you, it's called Church Feud. There was a feud between the pastor and the choir director of the Hicksville Southern Baptist Church. You got to say it like that, Baptist, Baptist Church. It seems the first hint of trouble came when the preacher, when the pastor preached on dedicating yourselves to service. And the choir director chose to sing, I shall not be moved. Well, trying to believe it was a coincidence, the pastor put the incident behind him. Well, the next Sunday, he preached on giving. And afterward, the choir squirmed as the director led them in the hymn, Jesus Paid It All. Well, by this time, the pastor was losing his temper. Sunday morning attendance swelled as the tension between the two built. A large crowd showed up the next week to hear his sermon on the sins of gossiping. Well, would you believe it? The choir director selected, I love to tell the story. Well, there was no turning back. The following Sunday, the pastor told the congregation that unless something changed, he was considering resignation. Well, the entire church gasped when the choir director led them in, why not tonight? (laughs) But truthfully, no one was surprised when the pastor resigned a week later, explaining that Jesus had led him there and Jesus was leading him away, and the choir director could not resist, what a friend we have in Jesus. That has nothing to do with my sermon. I thought I'd just read it to you anyway. Acts chapter 20. If, get your pen, get your pad, if you will. If you weren't with us last week in Acts chapter 20, especially as it relates to leadership, especially as it relates to ministry, um, a very important teaching. I encourage you to order your copy uh, today. It's a powerful teaching. And if you were with us last week, you know that Paul was on the island of Miletus. And it's from the island of Miletus that he called the pastors to him. And remember I told you we had the privilege of attending the pastors conference? We had the privilege last week, if you were with us, you know we talked about Paul calls these elders, pastors from the island of Miletus and and they're they're coming from Ephesus. And and and, and Paul wants them to come because he wants to share his heart with them. And, and and it's interesting because as you see um, in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9, you see when Paul gets saved, you can see as the chapters go on how Paul himself begins to grow. And at first he's called to be an evangelist and he does this awesome work of evangelism and that is his gifting as an evangelist. But you can see as he's growing in the Lord, as you move through the book of Acts, you can see that he starts to develop this pastor's heart. It's very gentle and very soft pastor's heart. And so he gets these pastors to come over with to him and he shares this beautiful speech. We talked about it last week. It's moving. It's beautiful. It's touching. And it's also painful because he told them that he would never see them again. I mean, think about it. It's a painful thing when somebody tells you, I'm never going to see you again. And you spent some time. He spent three years in Ephesus and and now he's telling them he's never going to see them again. And so Paul says, fellas, this is it. I've been in Ephesus for a while now, and I've given you the whole counsel of the word of God. Remember, we talked about that last week. And he says, I feel like my time's up. I'm leaving. And whenever, listen, whenever someone you love, you care for, maybe you've poured into their life and they've poured into your life, they tell you that they're leaving. The first question that usually pops up is, is that really the will of God? Is that really God's will? Paul, is it God's will for you to leave? Paul, are you sure? Paul, I don't think it's God's will. Is it God's will? You see, that's the question that comes up. And that's the question we're going to deal with. The will of the Lord. What is the will of the Lord? How do we know the will of the Lord? We all want to know the will of the Lord. Raise your hand if you want to know the will of the Lord. I do. I always want to know. We always want to know what God's will is. What is God's will? Well, let's go talk about that this morning. Acts chapter 20 I'm going to back up just a little bit to bring you up. Acts chapter 20, and we're going to pick up in verse 37, saints, and then we're going to move forward into chapter 21, and we'll read the first six verses together. So Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 37, saints, if you're with me, say amen. 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 Look at verse 37. Then they all wept freely, and they fell on Paul's neck, and they kissed him sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. And now in chapter 21, verse 1, it came to pass that when we had departed from them, underline that in your Bible, saints, we had departed from them, we set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kaz, and the following day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went abroad and set sail. And when he had sighted Cyprus, we passed it. It was on the left. We sailed south to Syria and landed at Tyre. And from there, the ship was to under, unload her cargo. You want to notice that this was a cargo ship, not a cruise ship. Amen. Finding disciples in verse four, we stayed there for seven days and they told Paul through the spirit, notice not to go up to Jerusalem. And when he had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way and they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city. And notice what we did. Well, notice what they did. Luke says, we knelt down on the beach, and we had prayer. And when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship and they returned home. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice in your Bibles, it says, when we departed from them. If you are a note taker, you write this down. This literally means that Paul had to tear himself away from them. In other words, remember now, Paul... Spend time ministering to these guys. They loved him and he loved them. And now he's leaving. And it's almost as if, you know, the people were were, were gathering around them and these men were gathering around him. And every time he tried to take off and go get on the ship, somebody else would grab him and kiss him and grab him and kiss him and hug him. And then he'd walk a little further and somebody would grab him and kiss him and hug him. Departed literally means he had to tear himself away from them. And so he leaves these men. He gets on the ship on a straight course sailing to Kaz, where they stayed overnight, according to the scriptures, and then to Rhodes, and then to Patara. And notice it was at Patara that Paul picked up a ship that didn't stop all along the way. So apparently he was on a ship, and the ship was making several stops. At Patara, Paul got off of that ship, picked up another ship that would take him on a straight course to Phoenicia. Now, it almost reminds me, I'm from Philadelphia, big city, and we have the subway. We have the L. And you can take the subway, the local subway train, and it will take you Every stop along that route. I lived at 54th in Baltimore. And some of y'all from Philly, you know that's the hood. And uh, I lived there. And you could get on at 54th and it would stop at 53rd, 52nd, and every stop it would stop along the way. But then you could take the express train. You could get on the express and it would take you from 54th right downtown to 13th to Market. So Paul got on, if you will, he finds a ship that's going straight to Phoenicia and they take that ship. They travel past Cyprus on the left and they sail to Syria and they landed at Tyre. And it was at Tyre. Notice in verse four in your Bibles that Paul, I found this interesting, found some disciples. If you are still taking notes, you can write this down. The phrase found some disciples or finding disciples literally means that he went out searching for disciples. He went out searching for disciples. I find that very interesting because understand something. Tyre is a beachfront property or a beachfront city. You would think that at this point, Paul has been in ministry on the mission field. Are you listening? Paul has been on the mission field for about 20 years. Paul's been serving the Lord faithfully for 20 years. And you might think that as you get to Tara and he's at this beachfront property, you might think that he would think, well, you know what? I've been serving God for 20 years. It's time for a break. You deserve a break today. You know, I think, you know, this is nice property, beautiful water. You know, I think I'll just hang out on the beach. I think I'll just get me a tan. You know, you guys know I was on the beach recently, and uh, that's what I was thinking. You know, get me a tan. And, uh, and Paul's probably, you, you would think he'd think, you know, man, I should get some uh, suntan lotion, get me an umbrella, get me a chair, get my iPod, and get on the, you know, get on the beach and just chill. After all, I've been serving the Lord for 20 years. I need a break. no we find that Paul gets to the city of Tyre and he goes and he diligently searches out for disciples. You know what? Paul loved to be at church. Paul loved Christians. Paul was a fellowship junkie. I'm a fellowship junkie. I need to go to Fellowship Junkie Anonymous. I love church. I Admit, I have a problem. (laughs) I love church. I love to be around Christians. I love to be around the body of Christ. And I don't really understand Christians who don't like to be around other Christians. Because I love to be around other Christians. It's being around other Christians that you find strength. Somebody say amen. amen. This strength, iron sharpens iron, that's the word. It's being around other Christians that you find a joy and excitement and a camaraderie and a unity and a one-mindedness. It's good to be around other Christians. And saints, let me encourage you. Moms, dads, listen. When you take vacation, go to church on Sunday morning. You got to understand something. When you go on vacation, you're not on vacation from God. Somebody say amen, would you? awfully quiet. You're not on vacation from God. You know, Sunday mornings in my family, I don't care where we are. We are going to go to church. We're going to go get fellowship. We're going to go find some disciples because it's good. It it reminds me of when I, in 1982, Becky Holland, it was January 1982. I'm stationed. I just became a Christian. You know that date, January 23rd, 1982 is when I became a Christian. A week later, I find myself at Camp Johnson, Okinawa, Japan. And I'm a new Christian. I have been a Christian for a week. I don't know anything. We get on a plane, we go to Camp Johnson. Sunday morning comes around and I get up and I'm, I'm going to go to church. I mean, I'm a new Christian. I think, you know, new Christian, I should be in church so I go to church and, and so I get all dressed up. I'm in Japan now. I get all dressed up. I don't know how to get around. I go find a bus. I get on the bus. I'm asking the driver and the people on the drive down, is where's the downtown area? I'm, I'm trying to get downtown, you know, downtown, big buildings, downtown. You know, I'm trying to explain it all. And I finally find my way to downtown in Okinawa, Japan. I get off the bus and I'm walking up to people. And I'm like, hey, do you know where church is? A church. And they're like, no, no, we don't know. And it's like, no, church, church, church. Praise God, raise the roof for Jesus, church. You know, you know where church is. And finally somebody said, well, go down there and then go over there and then go down there and then go up there. And I went down there and went over there and then I went over there and up there. And I walk into this church I had never been There before, and has certainly been a new Christian, I walk into this church, and guys, they were bouncing off the wall. This was an, uh, they were literally, this is an unbelievably hyper, if you will, Pentecostal church. They were swinging from the ceilings, jumping over the pews. I'm talking like doing the cabbage patch, like, you know, they were, I mean, they, they were really, really getting into it. Now, I'm a new Christian, I'm like... Man, what in the world is this? i never seen anything like this before. I didn't know Christian etiquette. I didn't know whether this is good. I hadn't received the manual on the theological happenings of church environment and church etiquette. I hadn't received any of that. So I walk in the door and I see them jumping over, swinging from the seat, laying on the floor, running around physically, running around the building. And I looked, I said, well, what do I do? Well, I put my Bible down, I put my coat down, and I started running around with them. I mean, I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, this is great, this is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going at it, because I didn't know that it was, you know, different, and I didn't know that this is not, you know, quote, unquote, I mean, it's kind of strange, but I I didn't know anything, and I enjoyed myself. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, I had fun that day. I joined myself, and it was wonderful. And afterward, we had a wonderful fellowship and food and fun, and the people were so sweet and so nice. It was so great to be there, and I was so glad that I went out and diligently searched for some disciples. And it doesn't matter that I'm not of the same particular denomination persuasion. Mommy, wait a minute now, they're not Baptists. They're not like us. Who cares whether they are like you or not? You know, Jesus didn't say follow a denomination. He said, follow me. He didn't say you need to be Baptist. Jesus said he didn't say you need to be Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Bapticostal, Calvary Chapel. He said, you need to follow me. And people who follow him, listen close, People who follow him, they are your brothers and your sisters, even if they're swinging from the ceiling. Say amen, saints. Here's the criteria. If they believe that Jesus is the son of God, they believe that his blood was shed for the sins of the world, and that blood is sufficient to wash and to cleanse men from their sins. And they believe that he's the only way to get to heaven. And they believe when you receive him, that's your ticket to heaven. And after that, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're in the body of Christ. That's the criteria as to whether they are your brother or your sister. Listen, if they believe that, I don't care what denomination you affiliate yourself with. If you believe those basic principles of the Christian faith, then you are my brother and sister. If you agree with that, clap your hands, would you? That's it. That's, that's important because, you know, we get into our denominational boxes and we determine, well, you know, I'm not going to go to a church because there's no Calvary Chapel in Okinawa, Japan. Oh, I'm not going to go to church because there's only Baptist people there. Oh, there's Pentecostal people. Listen, you can have fellowship with anyone who believes, who is a brother and sister in Jesus Christ. Amen, saints? Then you can have fellowship. And that's what Paul did. He went and sought fellowship. He didn't kick back. He went to church and found fellowship with people who were of like mind. Notice in verse five in your Bibles, notice after they prophesied in verse four to Paul not to go to Jerusalem, when it was time to leave, they all went with Paul, did you notice this? To the beach, to the shore, men, women, and children. And they get to the public beach and notice they kneel down right there on the beach and have a prayer meeting. I love this because give me your attention. This tells me that these guys, their faith was public. I love that, love that, love that. Because, you know, saints, listen to me close. I really believe that Satan is seeking to seduce the saints into a corner, into a closet. To say, well, you know, we've been, we just don't talk about politics and religion. I mean, we just don't do that. Oh, it's just not appropriate to talk about politics and religion. I mean, religion, that's, that's a matter. It's, it's private. It's between you. You know, we just don't do that. Listen, thank God Jesus didn't think religion and salvation was private. He came to the earth to die for the sins of men. Thank God that Paul obeyed God and took the gospel to the Gentiles. Because that's why you're saved, by the way. Because he took the gospel to the Gentiles. He didn't think it was private. And we shouldn't think it's private. Our faith is not private. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching, baptizing men in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Saints, that's not private. Matter of fact, that's very public. And Christians, we need to be public. We need to be public people. We need to pray in public. I-, I love to see people pray in public. I love to see people pray in public. You know, I was telling them the last two services that I was in a restaurant recently and I saw this one guy and he, he was praying and obviously he was a little bit uncomfortable with praying, but, you know, he wanted to bless his food, as we all do. And and, and he was praying and, and I could tell he was a little bit uncomfortable, didn't want to kind of assume the prayer position, you know, you know, like... <sighs> Yeah. He didn't want to do all that. So, so, so he did, you know, what I call scratch the eyebrow prayer. You know how you do this? You kind of go, thank you, Lord, for food in Jesus' name. That's the scratch the eyebrow prayer. And then you have the, the rub the inside of the eye prayer. You know how you go, mm, thank you, Lord, for food in name. Amen. <laughs> then you got the clear the throat prayer. You know, <clears throat> you know, I am You don't want to be too public now. But then I love to see it when families gather together and they just say, you know what? Let's pray. In, in our family, that's how we do it. I said, give me your hands. Let's pray. I mean, I've been in men's groups and said, give me your hands. Let's pray. Of course, then people look over at us like, what's that about? Hmm. All the men are holding hands, but prayer is important. We need to be public. We need to take our faith outside of these walls. That's why I used to love it when we went to Jordan Lake and had our baptisms. Anybody was around for that. We used to have a wonderful time of food, folks, and fun at Jordan Lake, taking the gospel out. We, we've gone to Pullman Park. And it's so awesome because, you know, I'm, you know, going there, we plan our baptism. I, I'd like to go back there. We were having a bit of problem, honestly, with the, with the city and with the parks and recreation people. That's why we stopped going. But I would love to go back there because I remember times when I would get there at Jordan Lake and preparing for the baptism and I'm just walking around, just looking and, you know, over there in the distance, I see, you know, people chugging their beer and guys, you know, chugging down the beers and over here, they playing with the kids and throwing a Frisbee with the, to the dog and all that. I was going to say throwing a Frisbee to the kids, but I meant to throw the frisbee to the dogs. And, and, and so, you, you know, you see the environment, you know, and then all of a sudden the Christians descend on the place. And then we go out in the water and we're baptizing. And I've seen it time and time and time again. You guys have seen it too. People, those same people were chugging their beer and kind of put it down, get in the water and swim over by the baptism. They're just trying to be Incognito. And they swim over to baptism. I've seen kids come and swim over to where we're baptizing and swim right between us. You know, they didn't get the Christian etiquette book either. (laughs) And they swim right between us. And 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 then I see them swim around. They just kind of wade in the water and watch us as we're baptizing people, down one person, up the next, down one person, up the next. And then people have come up to me, asked me, Hey, hey, what are, uh, what are you guys uh, doing over there? And uh, what, what's going on over there? And I say, oh, we're having a baptism. Really? Well, what's a baptism? I said, well, baptism, all these people right here believe in Jesus and being baptized. And now we sign of an inward reality. And the inward reality is they believe in Jesus and they accept that Jesus they died to themselves. And that's why they go down in the water. And then when they come up, they're, they're making a statement that they're going to rise up to new life and walk with Jesus in this new thing called a Christian life. And they go, wow. And, uh, you know, I've even seen some come to the church. You see, we need to be public with our faith. We need to take it out. These guys are having a prayer meeting. You know what? Somebody once said, don't be ashamed to call his name. Amen, saints? Don't be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and then to the Gentiles, Romans 1. Don't be ashamed to be public with your faith. Well, notice in verse 7, I got to move on. Look at verse 7. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. And when he had finished our voyage, when we had finished, Luke is with them. When we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemas. We greeted the brethren and we stayed with them one day. And on the next day, we were who were Paul's companions, we who were Paul's companions departed and we came to Caesarea and we entered the house of Philip. Now, Philip was an evangelist who was one of the seven Acts chapter six, one of the seven and stayed with them. And this man, Philip had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he Agabus had come to us, he took Paul's belt, note this, and he bound his hands and feet and he said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man whose own, who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. The second time you heard that. And then Paul answered in verse 13, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart?
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 and light.